Many individuals try to find success on a daily basis. But what defines this success? Where does it come from? When you find a passion in your life and pursue this passion, everything can come together to form success. This is Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. Our guests will motivate you to take the next step to your success. Now, here's your host, David Wallach. Good morning, y'all. We're very happy to be back with you with our weekly show, Taking Care of Business. We are even happier to get over all our technical issues this morning. Um, as I've mentioned in the past many times uh, during my weekly episodes, I always must have my uh, cup of coffee with me. Um, so today, uh, I'm very excited that uh, this morning we are broadcasting live from Rosso Coffee Roasters at their Victoria Park location, which is celebrating five years since... Uh, opening this location and today is the day. Uh, happy birthday. Um, our guests today are uh, partners and brothers sharing the love for coffee and community. They are David Crosby, CEO, and Cole Toro, Director of Coffee, and of course co-owners of Rosso Coffee Roasters. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. Good morning, Cole. Good morning. Um, so you guys are both uh, native Calgarians, which is a rarity in our city. Uh, most of us are foreigners here. We, we kind of uh, invaded into your space over the years. Uh, but let me kind of uh, briefly explain, um, uh, let me kind of explain who I'm meeting with, because you guys didn't share a lot with me, that's for sure. And uh, as much as we're trying to dig your past and your history, we didn't find much. So you'll have to share it with us. Uh, Later, but um, David, you start. You in 2007, you graduated Acadia University yep. with uh, VBA, which is Bachelor of Business Administration. Yeah. And in the same year, in 2007, you founded your first Rosso Coffee in the Ramsey area. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, and Cole, you graduated Weber Academy in 2009. Yeah. You joined. You joined uh, Café Rosso in uh, 2010, I think. Yeah, it would have been spring of 2010. And in uh, 2012, you became a co-owner, uh, and uh, now it's, you guys changed to Rosso Coffee Roasters. Um, now you have seven shops, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, incredible. So we're going to get to that in a, in a, in a few minutes, but let's kind of uh, find out a little bit more about you guys. Um, so, um, David, you were born here, and you know, as I mentioned, you are a minority now, the people who were born here. Um, and uh, as a kid, what do you remember from Calgary 30 years ago? <laughs> um, it, it, it was a small town then, and uh, you knew your neighbors very, very well. Uh, I, I remember, like, kind of Calgary is a very entrepreneurship uh, city. So, growing up, I remember. Um, selling baseball cards in front of my house and uh, I did some snow shoveling and the thing about Calgary is the community's uh, like committed to helping entrepreneurs and I think growing up and seeing that uh, especially with like our dad it's, it's in our blood and so I think it's also in the blood of like Calgarians they're they're very entrepreneurial so uh, yeah, those, those are the few few memories I have <laughs> 30 years plus now so you're working at what age uh, I, I tried selling baseball cards when I was six and seven, and then... Uh, How did you do? Uh, it's not a good part of the story. I, did, I didn't sell too many, let's put it that way. I, I uh, did them based on price point, and then a customer would ask, oh, I want you know this card, and 
I, I couldn't find it, so uh, I learned quickly that you had to, to organize them a little bit differently. But uh, And then as time went on, yeah, just, just seeing entrepreneurship was definitely in our blood. And did, did snow shoveling in university, and then, uh, yeah, started Rosso. And, and did you Rosso. play any sports? Yes, yeah, played hockey, uh, football for a couple years, uh, soccer, so the, the whole gamut. Oh, okay. Which one did you like the best? I was probably best at hockey and uh, and baseball, but uh, my size, my my tall frame of five seven, didn't quite uh, allow me to go to the NHL. So. Well, that's what they said about Martin Saint Louis. Yeah, he has a ring, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Cole, let's uh, ask you a little bit about your kind of uh, at school. What kind of kid were you? A geek, a social animal, hyper, uh, quiet. <laughs> I don't know if I was a geek or a social animal. I, I think I was the more of the, the class disruptor. I was the kid in class who would raise my hand and say, when am I ever going to use this in my life? And, and I would always ask why and, and when and where and all the questions before I actually spent time learning it. The typical red hair uh, shit disturber? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I see. And did you play any sports? I did. What, uh, what did you play? I played basketball through high school and then uh, soccer earlier than that and badminton oh. were, were my big And which one is your biggest love? I, I still play basketball. Okay. So, what position? Uh, usually a guard. I like to shoot from long range, like oh, Steph Curry. Oh, I see. I see. What's your percentage? Uh, not as good as Steph Curry. We'll just leave it at that. I see. Did you have any extra curriculum like David trying to sell whatever is possible? Uh, yeah. I at, at one point during, we have a, the Calgary Stampede here in Calgary where all the cowboys and cowgirls come down to the rodeo and stuff. And uh, our other brother and I, we used to run a bunch of parking lots. And, mm -hmm. and we would uh, take cars on a one-by-one one basis and, and charge them cash for parking and that ended up being honestly one of the most lucrative businesses I've, <laughs> I've ever been involved in. I see. But, um, uh, that's that's where I got the start. I see. Uh, David, if I, you know, call one of your teachers or classmates oh God. and what, what they will say is, uh, how, what do you think about David? What kind of a person is it? What kind of personality? I, I, how, how was he? I, I was like Cole asking questions I you know studying going to university I, I didn't know how to study before I went to university so I got a wake-up call in my first two years um, so I think teachers you know maybe uh, yeah class clown you know disturber I, I wasn't I wasn't too focused on school until university and then I, I kind of got my act together and uh, found out found out how to study and I see and Cole you already mentioned that you were the I, I still don't know how to study. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get to this in a second. Uh, um, so you mentioned uh, your, your dad is an entrepreneur. Now I have to disclose here that I know your dad, and uh, yeah. but but what I'm trying to get is so did his entrepreneurship kind of you know pave the way for you guys? You think in hindsight? Yeah, I'd say in a lot of ways he kind of. Uh, sort of laid out the, the path in a lot of sense. Obviously, coffee and real estate are very different industries. There may be some some synergies if you're going to reach, but uh, I think we're in a very different ball game. But I, I remember growing up, we'd be at like a family dinner, and all of a sudden he would just start and be like, "Hey guys, uh, two times five plus three plus seven divided by four plus five 
divided by 10. Where are we at? One. Very good. <laughs> so he, he would do that for, for a minute, and everybody would be tuned in, and then everybody would say their, their answer, and if you got it, you know, you don't get anything, just a thumbs up kind of thing, but uh, little sort of life lessons like that. I think mental math is probably one of the most important things to know in the business world, and, and uh, the lesson of if you don't need a calculator and you can beat the other guy to the number and be the smartest guy in the room. I think he also provided a lot of groundwork and just business sense. He'd be constantly talking about business, just at the dinner table or you know today I read in the newspaper X Y and Z about this company you know what are your thoughts on that and we'd have discussions kind of around just business all the time and I think when you have those discussions it just you know that's that's it starts to build passion and, and understanding and I think for all three of us we have our, our other brother too like business is a great passion for us and so, um David, I want to ask you a question. You went to university yes. for years. You got your degree. Yes. And then coffee? <laughs> no. What happened to BBA? Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, it's not a good investment. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I finished high school and I, I went to university and I wanted to get into entrepreneurship, but uh, the university I went to in Acadia, which is in Nova Scotia, so across the country. Uh, didn't have a program in it, but it was one of the highest ranked universities in Canada. And so I uh, went there, got my university degree, and uh, some of it translates, you know, like a lot of people, you know, do they think, do I think a degree is worth getting? And I, I think it's a case by case scenario. I think if you love learning, you should go to university. But it, if you're not sure what to do, I think it's really important not to go and get a taste of a bunch of different things. Um, so you get an understanding of like where your passion lies or what you're interested in instead of uh, you know putting yourself in $50,000 of debt in a four-year degree that might not you know realize that you don't really truly, truly passionate about that So subject. Cole, you took David's second advice. If yeah. you don't like to learn, don't go to university. Right. So how did the family accept that you're not going to university? Uh, it was... It was tough. <laughs> was, uh, am I kind of touching a very You're, touchy point? Yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit. Um, <laughs> the, the, first, the first year that I that I was out of high school, I, I planned to travel and I wanted to go away and do that whole live abroad thing. And uh, I graduated from a small private school, which was referred to as a uh, university preparatory school. And I was the first graduate ever to not go on to a university. <laughs> I went back to an alumni function and there were kids that were in the 11th or 12th grade that said, oh, you're that guy. And I'm thinking, oh, shit, this isn't what I want to be known for. But uh, my, my plans to travel didn't end up panning out. Uh, so I ended up after a couple of months and got a job. Uh, I, I had a job at like a little mom and pop coffee shop and then uh, one day I was talking to Dave and I said, why don't I come work here and I can actually learn truly a, a bit more about coffee and, and what's going on here. And, and sort of that was the beginning of the, beginning of the end of the journey. Uh, we have to take our first commercial break. Uh, make sure to open a new tab and check Rosso Coffee Roaster website, which is www.rossocoffeeroasters.com. Check out Coach Road's blog about their Rwanda coffee experiences and we will meet you here on the other side of the commercials.
Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. tuned into Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to dvwallach at gmail.com. That's D-I-V-I Wallach at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. We're back uh, with our guests, uh, David Crosby and Culture Road, co-owners of uh, Rosso Coffee Roasters. And the background noise you hear is the coffee machine. I already finished my first Americano, and uh, soon I'll have my second. Um, let's go and start talking about your business. Um, so, David, you started this 10 years ago. Yeah. Was there a person or something that influenced you to open a coffee store or a coffee shop? or when was What was the aura that... You decided to do that. So I finished university and I came back to Calgary and I was really interested in uh, trading stocks. And so uh, I couldn't get a job actually trading stocks. So uh, I was like, what do, what do I know and what do I love to do? And in university, I used to spend all my time studying at coffee shops. And so I was like, you know what? And I had worked at some coffee shops prior to university and I was like, I know coffee. And so I started thinking to myself, like, what, you know, what can I do? What can I do? I'm, I'm going to open a coffee shop. And back in 07, there was very few um, kind of third wave quality driven coffee shops in Calgary. And so I made a little business plan, kind of a PowerPoint presentation. And I was like, OK, I'm, you know, this, this is what I'm going to do. I can I can open this shop. And uh, so I, I made the presentation eight weeks later. The shop was open and I was. Uh, a little over my head. I didn't. I was the only employee for the first six months. Um, I thought I knew coffee, and then I quickly realized that I, that I didn't didn't know a whole lot about coffee. Um, not as much as, uh, as you I, should. As I should. Yes, opening a business. Um, 
but then as uh, as we progress, kind of the word, yeah, yeah, there's, there's an old photo. Um, as, th as things started to progress, word of mouth started to spread, um, and then we slowly, at the very start, slowly grew our business, and then we got a review in one of the newspapers, and then I hired our first employee, and back then I used to do all the baking, so I'd get there at 5 a.m., I'd bake all the baked goods every morning, I'd make all the sandwiches, make all the coffee, um, then I'd close at 6 p.m. and then I'd have to go out and buy all the products and I would do that seven days a week and uh, I learned I learned the hard way that uh, taking a break or, or, or rest is, is very important and, and delegating to it as well. How did you feel when the first customer, and I'm not talking about John Ferrod, yeah. walked into the store and, and said, can I have a coffee and a muffin? And I, I actually remember um, I remember the, the first guy, he, he saw our signage go up and then he wandered over and he's like, when did this open? I was like, today. And uh, he, he was incredibly excited. He, you know, he ended up buying a whole bunch of stuff. But that, that first interaction and, and creating that like community space for, for other people was really important. And you could just see, you know, every, like our first day we had 12, 12 customers. Uh, so, you know, I knew everyone's name. I got to know every customer and their kids and what drinks they liked. And uh, so back then it was, it was really about hospitality and, and, and being like uh, really personalized. I see. So, and uh, when the first day you said you had 12 customers, so you didn't kind of match it to the business plan, I guess. No, <laughs> no, no, it, it, we, again, we opened really quickly and it was, we just kind of threw the doors open and, and what came through, came through. And then it, again, it wasn't until about six to eight months afterwards, it's we started building, yeah, 30, then 40 customers a day. And then, we, you know, hired their first employee and started working full time. And it, it took, it took longer uh, than it should have. Like most coffee shops, like who opens a coffee shop by themselves? Like yeah. that doesn't, that doesn't normally occur. So it was, uh, I was a little naive of what I was getting myself into. I was 24, so I didn't, I didn't truly know uh, the ins and outs of the business I like see. I do today. So Cole, you joined, you said spring 2010? Yeah. And what was your first job at Cafe Rosso and which, which store was it? Uh, it was over in Ramsey, so same location Dave was just talking about. And I, I actually remember in my first week, Dave, for whatever reason, was like, hey, if you have any like constructive criticism and want to you know, move anything around, feel free. He had no clue what he was going to get into. I think partially. There are <laughs> other people that work there, but for whatever reason, he asked for my feedback. And immediately I said, yeah, let's move the fridge and freezer. And I swapped <laughs> these two things around, and we did that in the first week. I was like, huh, this guy's e easily manipulated. <laughs> so I stuck around. Well, just to mention, you are the youngest brother of the three, right? I am, yeah. So you, you know how to manipulate the two others, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so how did you advance? So before that, if I ask your boss in 2010, what kind of employee was it? Where are you? You can't, you can't ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, the answer is too sad. Uh, <laughs> I, I probably wasn't the best employee. I, I, was, I was personable, yeah. so I had the hospitality side of it down. I enjoyed making coffee, and I think I did that well. I wasn't great on the cleaning and, and back of house stuff. Just because you thought you were underpaid? Underpaid and overworked, yeah. The old story, right? I see. And, uh, you know, two years go by, and uh, you, sorry, two or three until you set, open your second one. Yeah, yeah, it was 20... Uh, 
2010. 2009. 2009, you opened your second. So just before Cole joined you, yeah. it was December 2009. Yeah. And um, so you were running now two stores. Yeah. How's it working for you? Less sleep? Yeah, 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 less sleep. Uh, we, we opened it on a really small budget. Uh, so we renovated the store. And at the start, it, it took a bit of time. It's in the, the core of downtown Calgary. Uh, it took a bit of time to build, but as kind of the years progressed and as Cole came on board, we started to really improve our coffee program. Uh, and it built and built. And then when, when Cole came on as a partner, that's when we, uh, we opened this store here. And that's 2012, June 20th, which is five years back in time from today. So happy birthday once again for uh, this fifth anniversary. But share with me guys, you're, so, you're working together now. It's 20, 2011, let's say, or 2012. Yeah. And you have already two stores. What is the process? What is the process? What are the thoughts? What are the ideas? What is the physical and emotional process you go through to, to decide and open the third store. Who wants to take the lead? Cool. Uh, I think part of, it, part, part of it was the opportunity came up and this, in a lot of ways, this location made a lot of sense. Uh, the rent was good. Uh, the, the neighborhood is up and coming at the time. Everything sort of sort of made sense. It was uh, it ended up being again a, a cheap budget build out. We did all of this basically do it yourself. We peeled wallpaper off of this wall and repainted here. We tore carpets off the floor and refinished everything. So we uh, we ended up working every day at the other two stores until they closed, and then we would come here for renovations. And at the time, it just it made a lot of sense in our head. Did, did, did the community already knew who Rosso Coffee is? Was there kind of, you thought that you have followers? Yeah, like, uh, again, word of mouth started to spread. We hadn't done any advertising, but as, as time gone on, uh, I think, we, we, we've always looked for like underserved communities to, to build that like meeting point for the community. So in Victoria Park, this community, there, there's really not a lot in this area. Mm -hmm. And so we're kind of the hub of the community for a lot of people. And so we saw in 2012, we saw that we could, you know, it, the store, it was, a, it was a wine bar before we opened it. So we came in, some of the fixtures were already in here. We were ready to do it. We kind of did it, you know, cheap and cheerful. Quickly renoed it and opened it, and uh, and now it's you know five years later it's like it's the hub of you know of Victoria Park some people would say so I see um, and um, Cole going back to something you said earlier in our first kind of uh, part of the show you said that uh, uh, coffee and real estate are two different uh, I think that uh, you know if I have to represent your father here. I would say it's all about real estate. It's location, yeah, location, location, for right? For sure, for sure. And, and to kind of go back to that, ultimately we would love to own our own real estate as we're opening the coffee shops. It's a whole different financial beast, but uh, that's something in the future we would love to do and, and hold the real estate and pay down our mortgage rather than, than pay down a, a rent or pay over. So you said, Dave, that this is becoming kind of a community hub. Yeah. And so. What kind of locations are you, where are you kind of thinking of when we, you guys started kind of the expansion? So we're, we're always looking for, again, underserved communities. Uh, I think it's really important. Then uh, traffic, the amount of traffic, uh, exposure on the street is uh, super important. 
funny enough, parking is extremely important to our customers. Uh, and then just seeing if all those things, the building, uh, what kind of you know size and space, you know, each store is a different size. This is our biggest store; it's seventeen hundred square feet. And then we have our smallest store on Seventeenth Ave is like just over a thousand square feet. So it's it's based on the community and how we're going to like every shop looks different. It kind of reflects the community that we're in, and uh, it's 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 not a spreadsheet kind of decision. We we go a, a bit off feeling, and then also based on some financial models we'll crunch beforehand. Do you guys have any, uh, do you guys use a business coach or a mentor or someone that you kind of consult with or you just go? We, well, we'll talk with our dad, <laughs> which is be- for better or for worse. Uh, we'll, we'll reach out, you know, we each reach out to different uh, groups that we kind of like know and we know some other uh, founders or CEOs of companies that we'll lean on quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, gentlemen at Hop. Yeah, yeah. We, I, I think we have a lot of connections in just in industry that are are people that are pushing their own business forward and you know comparing notes with them and and getting insight from them. I, I think is really how we've. I think here. anytime you're in entrepreneurship, other entrepreneurs want to help you. And so anytime you, you connect over that, you realize that the same struggles kind of go on regardless of the business. And people want to, you know, again, entrepreneurs want to help entrepreneurs. It's, it's and, like, and when you say entrepreneurs want to help entrepreneurs, is it from the same industry or different industries helping? Both. 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 I, think, I think both is, you know, real estate may be very different, but you'll have, you know, tidbits on, on how to manage people or uh, financials and all that is knowledge that you know, we're constantly, one of our, our uh, core values is continuous learning and so, and continuous improvement. So we're always trying to just find and read and understand more and more about business and, and obviously coffees as well. And in 20, like in the last year or a year and a half, you went through a rapid expansion. I saw that you opened four stores, yeah. uh, three in 2016 and one uh, just in 2017. Um, so this is a big entity. Mm-hmm. How do you guys manage this financially, workload, hiring, firing, the whole nine yard training? Uh, the, the way the stores all open, so we, we opened the first of those four, I guess the fourth location in February 2016, then it was July, then it was December, then it was March. So there was, there was a nice interval in between each of them. Uh, it, it's funny, in my mind going from I, I was here from two stores to three stores. That was challenging. You put a lot of stress on a lot of systems and a lot of people, and you're you're entrusting a lot more responsibility in the small group of staff that you have. Going from three stores to four stores, it was also stressful, but not quite as much as I remember the, the two to three. And then four to five, a little bit less. And then five to six, a little bit less than that. And it's almost as if we've, we've got a bigger network of of sort of, I don't know, the Rosso family that's that's behind us and supporting us that it's become a little bit easier to to grow. We've got more people that are, are sort of seeing the same values and, and share that with us and they've made it easier to grow. And are you still pulling paper wall, wall no, paper no. off and so, carpets? We've, we've, or? we've upgraded. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we had a design team and, and contractors and, and the full, full shebang do the last couple of stores it's it's 
I think on Cole's point, it's all about systems. And so on the back end of things, it's about building systems for each employee to, you know, how to make coffee, it's a system, or how to open a store is a system, or how to roast coffee starts to become a system. And so as we've grown, we're allowed, it allows us to build those systems. Sometimes they break, and then you have to recreate them. But as time's gone on, I think we've really come to understand uh, how to how to understand that like growth and then build the system that supports that growth. So now it's this next year we've kind of committed to like uh, growing our base and then and then expanding again. How do you guys uh, share or divide the responsibilities and how more important how do you solve disputes as partners brothers? Is it you know, arm wrestling? <laughs> no, it's full, full-fledged wrestling. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're, we're usually pretty civil. It doesn't get too heated too often. I, I think for the most part, we share the same sort of vision and, and have the same trajectory. Uh, we do have one other partner who also often helps settle debates and disputes and that sort of thing. Uh, and we often go to almost town council, if you will, where we'll consult all the managers before we implement something. And Because, uh, you know, ultimately you want to have everybody on board before you just say, this is how we're going to do it, as if we're a tyrant or something like that. It, it's, I, I need you on board, David. Can you get behind this system? Can we implement it? Yeah, great. Okay, let's go forward kind of thing. So I think the nice thing about the three of us, too, is we all have different um, passions within the business. Mm -hmm. Cole is very coffee-focused, so he's about buying, sourcing the best coffee, buying the best coffee, roasting it, uh, brewing the best coffee. I'm focused on the business, and Jesse's focused on the people. And so it really splits kind of the three critical aspects of, of the company instead of just... You know, Cole's really passionate about coffee, and then I'm trying to, you know, come over his head and make decisions based on some financial numbers. Now, he handles all that. If he wants to fly, you know, we're looking to go to Brazil in the next month and a half to buy coffee, and he's the decision maker there, 100%. But yeah, I'll, I'll have my weight on some things, but Cole, at the end of the day, is making... The, the this final. is all recorded. And I can backtrack. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Voice clip. Right? Yeah, we'll send you the uh, we'll send you the uh, recording uh, the, the link to the recording later. Um, so, um, David, you just said that Cole is passionate about uh, coffee, and I see Cole that you won second place in the Prairie Roasters, the Prairie Regional Re Barista Competition. Yeah. So that is great because we are nearing the second uh, commercial break which will give you the opportunity to prepare my next Americano. Okay. And great. I want to see that I get the Americano from the guy who is second place in the prairies in making coffee. Um, by the way, why are you second? You have the same score as the first guy. You're tied. Yeah, so the, the way the competition works, there's an espresso category, a cappuccino category, and a signature drink, and you have to make four of each of those. And we tied on the total score, and yeah. then it comes down to the espresso uh, score. So she beat me on the espresso score, and therefore took the win. Crazy that, you know, it's out of 800 and some odd points that it comes down to, to a tie. But two of the first four places were also coffee roasters. Uh, yeah. So that is a great achievement. So as uh, I just mentioned, we have to take our second break, and uh, Cassandra is going to share with you on our... Uh, 
social media, um, some of the collections, uh, the coffee collections of uh, Rosso uh, Coffee Roasters. Uh, also, you can open a tab again at uh, rossocoffeeroasters.com slash collection slash coffee. And don't forget to follow them on Twitter, Instagram, like them on Facebook, and sign to uh, Cole's blog. And we will meet you here, uh, the other part of the other side of the commercials. Thanks. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. tuned into Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to dvwallach at gmail.com. That's D-I-V-I Wallach at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. We are back with our guest, uh, guests, I should say, David Crosby, CEO, and uh, Cole Turod, Director of Coffee uh, for Arosso Coffee Roasters. And uh, now I'm going to taste the coffee that Cole prepared for me and see if uh, he is, uh, you know, the winner of the second place. Uh, <laughs> so I, I have to ask you something, guys. You know, when we did the research, um, usually I ask uh, entrepreneurs when I meet them, is how do you deal with the big whales? And in your industry, there are big wheels. But what I found when I did it, my, my research is an explosion of private, local coffee shops. How, so now you have competition more with them than with the big guys. So how do you compete with, with, with your peers or your... I, it's, it's a great question. I think in our industry, the, the local, smaller, smaller, more craft-focused coffee shops are 
a totally different beast than your your Starbucks or your Tim Hortons or your second cup, that sort of thing. We're we're providing a different product ultimately. It's the same, you know, it's it's caffeine, it's gonna wake you up in the morning, it's it's a brown liquid, but uh, the the coffee that we're serving is is traceable back to a farm and back to a farmer and there's more of a story to it and uh, there can be an appreciation to it similar to wine or, or craft beer or something like that. So the, the way at least I see it and the way we try to get our, our staff behind it is we're in a small pond with a whole bunch of other quality focused coffee people. And you know I, I go and drink coffee there because I can't only drink coffee at our shops. So on my days off, I'll, I'll go and hang out at other shops around town and, and enjoy their coffee. But uh, Did you know that, David? What? <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately, we're, we're trying to, to make our pond bigger and, and more comparable to the, to the Starbucks and, and those guys. I think it's about uh, customers and clients drinking better coffee everywhere instead of you're going to go up for an Americano and it's either here or that other craft place. And we don't feel it's, it has to be one or the other it could be both so maybe you come here on mondays and then when you're in that neck of the woods you'll go by their coffee shop and then if you're by one of ours you know up on center street you'll swing by ours so it's it's more about the average consumer consuming better coffee or craft coffee than uh, worried about you know that clients now going to this coffee shop over here and then we're getting all mad i get that but in every market and in every industry there is competition right? for sure yeah. so you when you start a show, it doesn't matter which business, right? You're looking to be unique, because otherwise there's no reason to come to you. What is the uniqueness you created at Rosso that will make me come to Rosso instead of going to the other local guy or to the big whales, let's call them? Uh, I would say one of them is, is customer service, hospitality, and, and a level of comfort within our spaces. We, we hire all of our staff based on that background, not on the background that you know about coffee. You've, you've been three years in the industry, five years in the industry, that's great. I, I can teach you about coffee and I can make you passionate about coffee if you're willing to buy into that, but I, I can't hit that same level of customer service and hospitality and, and like love and care for people. So anytime you're in one of our spaces, you, you shouldn't find pretension. You, you shouldn't have people that are lifting your their nose to you and saying, oh my God, you don't know what an Americano is? Like, I can't believe it kind of thing. You, you shouldn't have that feeling. And I think that's something that separates us from a lot of other of other coffee shops. Uh, and another thing, we, we were the first ones in town to do nitro cold brew, which is uh, a cold brewed coffee, which is definitely uh, very much so on trend right now. But uh, we, we keg it and we charge it with nitrogen and it gets this big, thick, sort of creamy uh, creamy body to it, almost like a, a Guinness, like a beer. And it's got a big big mouthful of head on the top, and it cascades, and it's got this really sort of sexy appeal to it. So we were the first ones in town to do that, and that's something that we see all day, every day on social media as people are, are drinking. I think the, the another big one is we source our coffee directly. So all of our coffee, we've visited the farms, we shook hands with the producers like produce that coffee we're flying around the world we were just in rwanda last month so we'll have a full container of rwandan coffee show up in calgary here in like a month and a half and all the coffee that's on that you know we're we're hand selecting that over in rwanda 
when we go to Costa Rica, the same thing's going on, and we're we're kind of like connecting our communities here with the communities there, and we're tr we're trying to like speak that this is more than just a you know a beverage that caffeinates you. It's 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 a beverage that you know thousands of people before we even touch it touched it and are, it's their livelihood. And so sharing those stories and uh, building building on the communities and doing experiments at farms. We kind of got a new coffee coming from Rwanda again. That's. Uh, like will be the first. We'll can probably talk about it more. You know, style of coffee that will mm -hmm. be in Canada. So uh, those those type of things really excite us and it excite the staff. And, and ultimately, it's like exciting the the customer and, and seeing how much care and quality goes into each cup. One word that comes uh, again and again and again in both your answers is community. Mm -hmm. And uh, how important is it for entrepreneurs to be involved, especially that we are the local entrepreneurs in our in our pond, not the big pond, trying to go away, stay away from the big pond. How important is it to be part of the community, involve the community? Uh, if you can also elaborate, I, I saw something about Rosso Heroes, which I don't know why I'm not part of that, because <laughs> it's free coffee. Um, yeah, I, I think for us, it, again, being being born and raised Calgarians and seeing such a transition and shift in our city, uh, like where we are right now, this used to be a school and, and this would be a place that sort of hookers and, and pimps would, would walk by and I'm not sure I'm allowed to say that on, on live. With my show you can say everything. Okay. I'm an Israeli as well, I, I not just Canadian. I should have asked if there was a filter. Um, but I think for us, like the, the community involvement comes with being just from Calgary and seeing such a transition in Calgary. And uh, even in our lifetime, we've, we've seen the ups and downs and economies have shifted and, and full platforms have changed. So. Uh, being involved in, in that in the day-to-day -day and, and actually hands-on in the business and getting to know our, our customers that, that come in and as I'm sitting here I'm, I'm watching a bunch of people walk in and out that I want to wave to and I want to say hi to but I, I feel awkward because obviously we're on and I can't. You can wave I, on radio. It's okay. not TV. Okay. <laughs> can they see me though? <laughs> I think community also connecting with other entrepreneurs like as, as we've grown this business, we've connected with so many other entrepreneurs and going to events. And again, that's, that there's a community within just, you know, business owners and helping each other succeed. And, you know, I've kind of already talked about this, but it's it's connecting with, with them is, is just as important. So is it important to you or is it also important to your employees to be part of? I, I think it's really important to them. Dave, Dave and I still do all of our training. So if you, we hire you tomorrow as a barista, um, you'll work a couple of shifts in the, in the cafe here, and then you'll get hands-on training with myself. I'll kind of kind of build all the baseline knowledge with you, and this is hours of, of work together. And then once kind of we've set the foundation, we've had some time to practice the skills to pull a shot of espresso or steam, steam milk or latte or what, whatever it might be. Uh, Dave kind of comes in and, and I always joke, he cracks the whip, I'm kind of the nice guy, we play good cop, bad cop sort of thing, but we, we each make sure that we're spending a good chunk of time with each new employee to make them feel as if you know they're, they're a part of this company, because they are. We don't want to just say, you're number 82 and you know go they're, have fun and, on the front line. And they're part of the Rosso community and yeah. if they feel a part of that they're connecting with the larger community so the community of Victoria Park. All our stores you know we name it after our, our uh, the neighborhood then so our store in Inglewood it's connecting with the clients in Inglewood and, and yeah. you know, the greater part of Calgary and 
So I think, um, again, it's as the staff, as we have more, you know, we have 65 staff now, so it's it's really important that they understand that, like hospitality and community are two really, really big things for our company. And um, you mentioned earlier the word core values. Uh, do you have mission, vision, purpose as a company? We, we're, we're working on all those things right now, so we, okay. we have our three core values, and they sit in the back of our store, and again, again hospitality continuous improvement. We, like those things, we're trying to live, and I think, again, you know, we've grown so much in the last year. Now it's really like this year is about like instilling that in our staff as much as possible, and in ourselves, and uh, kind of taking everyone to the next level so we can hit the next stage of growth. Um, we're getting to the end of our show, and, and you know, I want to ask you a couple of uh, more questions, and, and I know uh, we're a little bit short on time, but. If you had to give today advice to a new entrepreneur, it doesn't matter which industry, what were successful um, experiences you had that you recommend do this, it will shorten the way and it will avoid some mistakes? I, I think keep chipping away at it, regardless of how frustrating it is. It, it's not going to go exponential overnight. You're, you're going to kind of slow and steady growth. It's a great way to go. It's comfortable. It's, it's sustainable and you can keep up with it. You're not all of a sudden gonna go 100 orders overnight and figure out, uh-oh, how do I f- fulfill these 100 orders? So um, just keep up with it and, and persistence and you'll get there. I think when times are tough, it's it's getting back up or, or continuing on. So I find we have people say to us all the time, like, I've always wanted to open a coffee shop. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah. And you go, why? <laughs> and if they knew how hard, you know, it looks, when it's busy and things are happening, it looks great, but it is extremely hard. And being an entrepreneur is extremely hard, but it's so rewarding. And I think a lot of people are either scared, they want to get too much information before they commit. And I think for a lot of people, it's about committing and then figuring it out on the fly. That's okay. You don't have to have all the knowledge. I know when I opened, and even nowadays, we we ask more questions than we have answers for in you know regards to the coffee. Maybe business, not so much, but... I think it's really important that entrepreneurs that they commit to whatever they're going to do, and, and they have to see like like Paul saying over the long haul. You got you got you know we've been at this ten years, which is you know crazy to think that ten years ago we started you know started this little cafe and now we have seven and and you know, more to come and more and more to come. Yes, <laughs> um, we have time for one quick question, and each one of you will have the right the quick answer. So if I gave you today a chance to bring one person for coffee here, or take them for a beer, dead or alive, who would it be? Cool. You're on the spot. Well, that's a tough question. Can we Time jump to Dave? Can I, can I come back to this? You, you can. Uh, <laughs> I would probably, uh, i take Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Cool. You can't get, you can't get a lifeline. You have to answer. Uh, I like Steve Jobs now that you say that. Uh, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Bezos, because we've been talking about him so much lately with uh, Amazon and the whole Whole Foods buyout and all that stuff. Would be an interesting guy to pick his brain. I see. Uh, one quick question, one last quick question. What is the one thing in life you're proud of, Dave? My little brother. Oh, come on. Yeah, we're not supposed to lie in this show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I <laughs> What What is the one thing called? Uh, Let's agree, Reese. No, no, I don't. <laughs> no, no way, eh? <laughs> uh, I, I think what we're doing here is is something to be very proud of. 
I think, for, for both of us. Okay, great. Uh, guys, uh, we're to the end of our uh, today's episode, uh, Taking Care of Business. I would like to thank my guests, David Crosby and Cole uh, Trood, co-owners of Rosso Coffee Roasters. Uh, we appreciate, guys, you sharing uh, your story with us, uh, success and passion you have for good coffee and for community. Uh, next Tuesday, our guest is Kim Moody, co-founder of Moody's Gartner Tax Law. We'll have the opportunity to learn about what is important for entrepreneurs when it comes to tax. We also uh, find out how entrepreneurs can uh, and tax accountants go together. Uh, before we end, I would like to thank uh, Aaron Keller, our dedicated engineer, Cassandra Hannison, our loyal production assistant, and my executive producer, Winston Price. A personal thank you from me to all our listeners. We have now listeners from 36 countries and six continents. We're still, we still don't have anyone listening in Antarctica. If you can help me get this one, that would be great. I'd love to hear you from you guys, uh, dvwallach at gmail.com. I wish you all a, pros- a, a prosperous week, and I'll meet you here Tuesday, June 27, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Your host, David Wallach. Thank you for listening to Taking Care of Business. Please join David Wallach again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until we talk again, make your week as great as you want it.